0: you are listening to the evolution exchange nhs podcast we shine a light on the topics that matter to digital and data leaders within the nhs i'm carrigan thompson and i help connect digital leaders with interim talent in the nhs and i'm your host the views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their organization so thank you to you all for joining today obviously um podcast uh, will be discussing RPA within Alder Hay. Um, so I'm happy to jump straight into it because I feel like it's going to be a great one for us. If we can go through and um, for everyone to introduce themselves, starting with you, Kerry. Perfect.
1: So I'm Kerry, the Innovation Program Manager here at Alder Hay. Um, I've got a background in health informatics and digital programme management. And I've got the pleasure of managing the Automation Solutions team as part of my own.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Kerry. And then on to you, Anne-Marie.
1: Yeah, so I'm Anne-Marie Greenwood.
2: I'm the Innovation Consultant for our RPA and Power Apps provision. My background is in operational management in the NHS. I've been in the NHS for 15 years.
0: Thank you. And next, can we have you, Jacob, to introduce yourself?
3: Hello, yes, I'm Jacob Moore. I'm the Power Platform developer for the RPA team. Um, I've got a background in computer science. I've come here as a placement student and stuck on full time. And um, yeah, I came here during my bachelor's at John Moore's.
0: Amazing. Thank you very much. And Kieran?
4: Hi, yes, I'm Kieran Johnson. Uh, I'm the senior RPA developer at Alderhey. I've been working with RPA now for a bit over three years. Originally with Blue Prism as part of their internal RPA team, and then moved over to All the Hay in October last year.
0: Amazing stuff! Thank you. And then finally, but definitely not least, over to you, soon. Hi, uh, My name
5: is Sahila. I've joined. I recently joined the Automation Solutions team as a uh, junior RPA developer. Um, I've moved to our to the team from operation manager role. Uh, I used to manage the innovation, digital, social, and technical infrastructure Um, so yeah I'm the new member of the RPA team.
0: Thank you so much well it's lovely to uh, meet you all and have you all involved in the podcast Um, I'm really excited for everything that's going to come up in this podcast as I'm sure you all are too so if we go straight into it um, starting with yourself Kerry can you tell me a bit about the team and your aspirations?
1: Yeah absolutely so um, we started the solutions team around 18 months ago um, here in our innovation centre um, we've had some great success with apps and RPAs over that time. We've got a massive and um, growing pipeline of projects because um, the different parts of the Trust have seen what we've been able to do um, and all want a piece of the action. Um, so we've got over 20 apps lying now, um, over 10 RPA processes. Um, and what we found is really good is having uh, the apps and the RPA team together as one. So we're starting to build apps with RPAs off the back of them And found that that's really good to provide an entire um, automation solution for different departments. Uh, But I'll let the team tell you a little bit more about the techie bits later on. (laughs) Um, But just a little bit about successes. So, over the last 12 months, we've managed to save the trust around 3,650 hours of time. Um, We've improved the accuracy of around 1,500 patient records and also been able to improve the staff experience of those departments that are really. Under the caution and um, got a lot of time pressures trying to, to churn out that work. Um, so, going forward, we'd like to expand on this and build um, a virtual workforce that supports our old paid workforce as much as we possibly can. Um, we also want to establish ourselves in a regional cooperative centre. Um, we're based in the Innovation Centre, so we've got a reputation as being problem solvers and co creators. I would like to utilize that experience and build on it to be able to offer automation services to trust in the region um, and support them with their automation journeys in power apps and rpa um, so to do this we're growing our team and we'd like to create more jobs in the local economy so um, upskilling people and, and getting them involved in rpa and apps um, and we're just really on a journey to try and make sure we've got automation Happy to say, okay. I'll hand over to the now. So feel like I've done a lot of
0: talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all. That's great. Thank you so much. Um, so we'll go on to Anne Marie. So, can you tell me a little bit about um what an innovation consultant um does?
2: That's a really good question. Um, in enough chat, it's doing all the legwork along with the governance and managing the benefits so that the developers can run with the builds but there's obviously more to it than that. Um, I will received the initial ask through our triage process. Sometimes it's very detailed and whoever's submitted the request is very clear on what they want, but sometimes it's a case of, this is what we do now, can we not do something better? Mm-hmm. Which is a bit of a difficult ask, really. Um, so there's a lot of engagement. Um, I go out and meet the teams. Um, I do a bit of initial scoping of the request to understand the direction it can go into, whether it be RPA or apps or both. Um, Also, I need to be able to justify the development time, so I do have to look at the return on investment. Um, It's important to us, because we are an expensive resource to get back the benefits we need, whether that's time to back to admin staff to do more complex work or release of minutes to care for the clinical teams. And we also do uh, one-off large volume data quality work as well. Um, so I'll then provide the developers the information they need to create the processes or the apps via the process definition document, and be the point of contact for the service uh, as that as it goes through the pipeline and progresses. It can be quite a project management role as well, as I'm responsible for reporting, ensuring everything stays on track. And obviously as the team's expanded, I hold responsibility for ensuring we have a steady stream of work in the pipeline, whether that be internally or, as Kerry's touched on, working with colleagues and other trusts in the region to support them on their innovation journey as well.
1: So so it's a bit of a, it's an unusual term, isn't it, to be an innovation consultant? Yeah. uh, But she's definitely my right-hand woman. (laughs) 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 And and a, a brilliant, a brilliant support to the team. Thank
0: you. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. I know it's a really, really good insight into an innovation consultant. Thank you. Um, so if we move into a bit more about um, application development, then Jacob, could you tell us a bit on how do you approach application development?
3: Yeah, so one um, of my uh, key insights to achieve is go and speak with shareholders to try and figure out what it is that they are generally trying to achieve and what their end goals are with the application itself. And this will just include like a general idea of what apps are about and what the base requirements are, what they're expecting to kind of. Improve in terms of how the staff go about their work there. and this can just include by this just can include um, making existing workflows simpler or creating new ways for them to share information on patients, for instance, and it can include all sorts like um, a mobile and desktop version of the application um, but making bookings for, for instance, um, testing uh, masks, we have one for and creating visualizations so they can get a better overview of what patients are and what patients they're seeing, such as through bi visualizations and it's basically making it easier for them to share information through pdfs and get notifications if they need to do bookings again for anything at all and uh, just Basically make their life easier, make it more simple and make it um, less paper heavy is probably the key aspect there. Mm-hmm. Um, some good examples are, we did one that's a cross trust application called Little Heart to Home. And the core idea of it was basically get um, nurses to report the cardiac status on multiple not in the hospital patients. So they would go out, they would record some key details and then that would come back to all the head. And uh, we had a Power BI visualization, which was good at showing where the trusts are located and the status on all the patients that we are monitoring. And that one covers around 31 teams over 29 trusts. Wow. And uh, we've had hundreds of status updates, basically, that helped us keep a close track on. Um, I'm trying to get the patient numbers, uh, quite a lot of patients. it's been around 30-60 patients, is it? I think, so.
1: think we have got is, so it's it's basically for the single ventricle patients um, that get cared for in the community um, and it allows um, our clinicians to be aware if any of their observations are off track um, mm-hmm. and then so one of our clinical nurses um can bring the team up in the community. And see whether there's any way that we can prevent them from being admitted to hospital so we can support them to be cared in home. Um yeah. it's been really well received, hasn't it, Jacob, from yeah. the cardiac team?
3: Very well. I
1: think we so, I think we've got I think it's on 30.
3: It's under on 30 patients are roughly currently being actively monitored right now, I believe. Yeah. Um
1: and that solution's up for a northwest coast award for patient yeah. safety. So um, yeah. it's been successful. Um, and that's being built on uh, over the, the coming months to, to do a, a bigger solution as well, because they've seen the, the benefits and the impact um, yeah. that that particular app has had. So it's been um, fantastic work from Jacob and the cardiac team
3: together. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that one's been quite successful. One that's not quite gone live yet is another one called Excel device. And the key aspect of this was allowing inter-trust communication and... Just play around files and just write up quick notes that can be uploaded to um, systems like Meditech, essentially. And um, this mm-hmm. essentially allows them to, to go to the app and um, keep any maybe audio files, images that might be getting sent across between um, doctors or clinicians or other points of contact. And then um, essentially, it's just a way to just make sure that everyone who needs to be in the flow just has all the information that's required. Um, as able to easily access documents of all having to constantly contact other trust, essentially. Um, and finally, the one the all apps that so we've got that um, probably different updates right now is the HR application, which is just <laughs> basically a way of us to streamline and make it a bit paperless, our process of just basically making adjustments to contracts and maternity, for instance, and um, just basically just changing, like, different departments, moving people around. And then, um, just going through all the e-forms that might require the HR to go through. Um, and we have been probably integrating uh, RPA into the HR itself. If Have you got something to on that one again? Yeah, it? so uh,
4: just to follow up from what Jacob was saying, mm-hmm. uh, the HR app provides a really good platform uh, for managers around the trust to kind of do any paperwork that they would usually do manually uh, and send to HR, so it's creating a digital platform for those managers to process things like terminations, maternity leave, and uh, contract hours changes. Now, we've worked closely with Jacob and the uh, HR team to create RPA solutions that integrate those apps with the HR system itself, so we can eliminate the majority of the manual processing time for HR. Uh, As it stands at, at the moment, the Power Apps platform is great at providing this interface, but doesn't quite link to the systems that we needed to link to make it a seamless process. So that's why we're using RPA. And there's a lot of tools within the Power Apps platform that make it so easy to integrate. So, you know, with all these other apps that Jacob's talking about, we've got so many opportunities to create RPAs that are going to deliver real value uh, and impact to the trust um, going forward. So it's been a, it's been really good working with yeah. You know, these apps, and it's an interest. Uh, you know, the HR team have really seen the impact of, of that.
1: Yeah, the, the HR team are really uh, supportive of, of our automation and want to get this, the whole t- department as automated as possible. And I think we're even looking into doing um chatbot for them to, to assist with the queries that come in. So, we've um, been a great ambassador
0: um, for automation and trust. Amazing, thank you so much. It sounds like there's definitely a lot going on, which is obviously um, really interesting and exciting as well. Um, so kind of leading on from obviously where you've just started, Kieran, can you go through other examples of successful RPA projects?
4: Yeah, I mean, we've got so many in the trust um, where we've managed to link into key NHS systems uh, that are really important in different aspects of the trust. So,
1: <laughs> we've got ESR, which is uh, the electronic stack record,
4: and we've got ERS, which is the electronic referral, referral service. Staff. So we're constantly <laughs> mixing those acronyms up. Very yeah, similar. But, <laughs> I'll give that another go. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we've linked into uh, ESR for our stack records and ERS, which is our referral system. So we link in with our booking and scheduling team. Uh, and... When we get a referral in, you know, we have to look at multiple systems in order to process that referral. So we also use the NHS Spine, which is the key system across all of the trusts in the country. Uh, and then we'll link it to our Meditech system, which is our internal patient administration system. And um, that's the, just one example. Uh, we do referrals across multiple specialties in the trust. I think we've covered the majority of them now, uh, whether it's CAMs or just general referrals, Sue's even. Yeah. Being able to add to that process already within the first 30 days of being part of the team, which is fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And it means that we haven't we're trying to make sure that we haven't got people um, processing those referrals that come in. Um, so we've managed to save the team so 250 hours a month in admin time um, by automating all those referral processes, which as you can imagine is a huge help um, for, for the admin teams that were having happy to, to do those now
2: especially given the volume
4: of referrals that come through to the trust as well absolutely yeah exactly and we're looking to expand that more because there are still some specialties that we haven't been able to tap into yet but they've seen the value of what we've done you know we've got a lot of specialties that are interested in you know exploring rpa as a solution there to to deliver time back to the teams and and yeah another quite exciting one that we've been looking at is the eddies appointment booking so Eddie's is our eating disorders team, uh, so we work closely with that team to automate the booking of initial appointments for Eddie's patients, which is quite an interesting automation. It uses multiple different technologies in order to get the information that's required and send it to. Uh, I think we use Cisco Healthcare Comms to send out text messages to the patients. And then we receive those responses and are able to book in the appointments using RPA. Um, this, that's been a trial at first. It's been really successful.
1: Yes, so we're
4: going to look to roll that out to the various fairly soon, hopefully.
1: Absolutely, and that's fantastic for the patients as well, because it means that they're not having to ring back to, to to sort out appointments. So if they're offered appointment, they're able to accept it. You know, it, it takes all of that hassle and communication out of it. So um, RPA should really having an impact patients as well which is fantastic to say and we're really keen to expand on that further um, and take that kind of pilot solution out to the other teams as as Karen has said. Yeah I think if you're looking from the patient point of view um, it is very stressful
2: being referred to a a specialist service but any specialist service so taking a bit of that stress away something Mm -hmm. that they can respond to via a text message um, makes all the difference to the families and that's the feedback we've been getting from them.
1: Yeah, and then if, um, if they're not able to take
4: um, either of the two appointments that are offered to, them, then they'll get an actual person that brings them yeah, <laughs> to sort out the appointment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately we haven't been able to uh, create an RPA that will call the patients. <laughs> <laughs> you never
0: fine. know, maybe <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
4: soon. That, that's one thing that we really have to think about when we deliver these solutions what is the backup plan? These RPAs are great at saving a lot of time but will never be able to cover every eventuality. So uh, there is always going to be the need for a human to be involved in that process to kind of back up and work those cases that an RPA would never be able to do. And um, Obviously as we kind of grow and learn more about our capability and expand our capability within the team, we can take more of those uh, cases away from people and process more with RPA. And that's what we're looking to do is, as, as Kerry mentioned earlier, we're looking to expand our team and become a regional, regional cooperative uh, and work with other trusts around the Northwest and maybe further afield. And by doing that, we will really expand our capability and we'll be able to deliver better automations for those trusts as well as internally as well. And, um, but in order to do that, we're going to have to expand our team. So like, we're, we're very glad to have Sim on board. So. Um, you know, that's made a big difference to what we've been able to achieve
0: here. Absolutely. I think that will um, very nicely um, lead on to my question for Sue. Can you just talk through how you found the transition into RPA development? Yes,
5: um, I've, uh, as I said earlier, uh, I've recently joined the team um, as a junior RPA developer. Um, I used to be the operations manager, and I used to manage the innovation, digital, social, and technical infrastructure. I do have a background in uh, information technology. Um, I'm also a qualified software engineer. Um, so it, it, it was it was a very um, a very good transition um, as my my background is in IT, and I wanted something that that uh, that expands uh, you know, uh,
1: and no, It, it yeah. feels a bit like Sue was wasted in operation because <laughs> yes. um, she was she was ready with the background in
5: tech. Yeah, I wanted to get back into the, the IT side of uh, uh, things and uh, I, I actually was inspired by the amazing work that the, the team um, has achieved uh, and I approached Kerry uh, and asked if I could uh, I wanted to know more about RPA, mm-hmm. and Kerry encouraged me to look into the uh, the uh, uh, the foundation, Loopers Foundation course. Uh, it's an online course, um, and uh, I found it very, uh, so I, I had a look at it, and I found it very, very uh, comprehensive, and uh, it has it, it provided a good uh, explanation of what RPA is, um, and I just, I found it very useful and I, I want, uh, I just asked Gary, can I, can I jump in, <laughs> can I jump in into this and um, I, I honestly, I really, really found it very interesting. Um, I have completed now the Foundation course and the Associate Developer course and uh, 30 days into my training, I've already built a process, um, which is going to be live soon, so uh, that's very, very encouraging uh, I do find it very interesting. Uh, I found it also very fulfilling to be able to uh, make a positive impact and improve in our services here at LDH through RPA.
1: Yeah, brilliant. I'd just I'd, I'd just like to add to that, Carolyn. Kind of it's been uh, fantastic. Um, obviously, I knew Sue before um, working in innovation, uh, but it's been brilliant to see that transi- transition from operations to RPA. And she's been a um, real asset to the team. You know, She's picked up really quickly, like we say, 30 days in, a builds a process. Um, it's also a testament to carriage training yes. as well <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's encouraged us actually so what we're going to be doing is going out um, internally within the Trust and see whether anybody would like to be in RPA so that we can offer more junior um, positions and training um, and the ability to be people to reskill and, and do a new career in RPA um, I think it'd be a, a fantastic opportunity for other people who are maybe um, sitting in jobs that they um, would
0: like to have a change in. Absolutely. I was going to ask a, kind of a question to everyone. If, if someone's listening to this podcast and they um, they don't really know much about RPA or they're thinking from listening, um, for example, to Sue's transition and the skills that Sue came across with, um, but they've obviously not heard about RPA. What would you how would you best describe that in terms of the kind of day-to-day things that they'd be doing it coming in as a junior position? Um, in, in a way, how would you would you sell that kind of experience and, and new journey for them? Um, we'll,
1: we'll hand over
0: to Kevin for that one.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
1: Kerry. <Karen. laughs>
0: No,
4: it's, it's quite an exciting opportunity because RPA is quite a new field, particularly within the NHS. And people who are interested in kind of uh, problem-solving, learning about solutions and, you know, speaking to different people about their processes. And, you know, RPA really is a good field to, to get into. Um, there's a lot of project management side to the role, so managing expectations with stakeholders and things like that. But as a junior position, if uh, they were to come on board, we would be uh, making sure they were solely focused on delivering RPA solutions for the trust or externally, depending on what projects we have available to us. Uh, So we would provide them with a a process definition document or PDD um, and a solution design document, which would detail everything that the RPA would need to do and how that solution would look, So uh, that would be agreed with the process owners and obviously ourselves within the RPA team before we hand it over to them. And someone who in a junior role would come in and just develop RPA solutions, which is quite exciting because you can obviously see the capability of RPA um, and what, you know, there's, there's a lot more that it can do, I'm just scratching the surface here. But as we grow our team and grow our uh, the objects within our arsenal, we can definitely see a lot more of what it can do.
2: There's something satisfying about that end-to-end process, isn't there? Exactly. you exactly. actually are seeing something through from the start to the finish and seeing it work. I think that must be
1: brilliant. And the feeling that it has for the teams, um, you know, not, not just the staff, but the patients, as we mentioned, yes. you know, as we do more things like that, will really be um, improving. Um, appreciate experience, experience and
4: staff experience mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and being able to speak to the people that you've been for as well, uh, people who are doing this job manually, uh, they really do appreciate the work that goes into RPA uh, and it's not just about delivering a solution for them, it's about taking them on the journey as well and showing them how it all works.
2: It's nice having the feedback from the services, like booking and scheduling and we've done the referrals for them and, um, like chomping at the bit to go in and do more whereas initially they were they were quite reluctant and didn't understand it but you spend time at the teams and um, they do understand it and appreciate that, that that's taken that time away for them to do some more quality work so it's really interesting that they now come to us whereas we used to have to go to them
1: a yeah. good <laughs> <love> success criteria is <laughs> that we've actually. But every department that built more than one RPA at their request yes. so everybody has been happy enough to come back again <laughs> yeah <laughs> must, want
4: more, <laughs> yes. that, that's the thing once we get into the department um, you know they, they just want more and yeah, again the, the challenge we've had is actually getting in the first place and finding the right solutions for them mm. yeah
1: absolutely um, but I, I definitely think for anybody who's listening out there um, RPA and Power Apps—you um, know, brilliant um, careers to get into, um, lots of exciting opportunities, um, and uh, I would encourage anybody who is interested to, to get involved. And if you see any of our jobs, please apply. <laughs> <laughs> We're currently growing our team.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. In terms of of your team itself, then, how would you summarise your team's values? The kind of um, personalities across the team? How how would you describe your team?
1: Um, I'd say I've got an absolutely fantastic team. Um, We've got very different skill sets. So we've got um, Kieran with um, technical RPA development skills. We've got Jacob with his powerful platform developing skills. Uh, We've got Sue with a technical background and started to learn um, RPA. And we've got Anne Marie who has got a great operational background and is able to do all of the engagement um process mapping and, and kind of project planning. So it's it's a very varied um skill set that you need to be a successful automation team, but um I think we're doing really well. Um and we're nominated for four awards for Blue Prism, which is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, we've got you going for that long, and um, so it's it's really um uh, a privilege to be um, finalist for boarding awards, and we've also um, as I mentioned earlier, we've got the the northwest Coast Innovation finalist position as well for one of our power apps. So um uh, I think we're doing really well and really proud of the team and delighted uh, to manage such a lovely team of, of people. Oh. And happy <laughs> <laughs>
2: Work really well together, and think. We, we, we come on site and um, together once a week as a team just to touch base and make sure that we're all communicating in the same way, which is really helpful to, our, to mm-hmm. us. Um, and then but a lot of us work from home the rest of the time, like Zenny and myself would carry that are on site another day. Um, but we, we keep in touch constantly, we have a meeting every day, we make sure we all touch base with each other so we're all aware of what everyone's doing. Um, I tend to drag people along to meetings when I need a bit of technical know-how, <laughs> uh,
0: especially,
2: especially in the early days. when I didn't, I didn't understand anything, um, and people might say I still don't understand things. But, <laughs> I don't think that. Um, but yeah, I, I drag them along a lot less now. But they they were really helpful and supportive when I started. I've only been here since January, so that's um, it, it. It felt comfortable being with the team, and they are a really good team to work with.
4: I think that kind of says a lot because you. I only joined in October, so when I joined, it was myself, Kerry and Jacob. Uh, and we were delivering things, but it was quite a slog a lot of the time bringing anne on board, who had the experience of the NHS. Um, obviously, from my background, I was an RPA developer previously, but I had no experience in how the NHS worked. A lot of it was confusing to me. So bringing Amory on board makes my job a hell of a lot easier because she's doing a lot of the network for me. Um, so thank you for that. and then, then bringing Sue into the team as well as made it even easier because she's delivering for us now as well. so um, as, as we're growing, we're bringing the right people into the team to fill the, the roles. you know we are getting better and delivering things up faster later as well. Which is quite exciting to see. Yeah, looking forward to the next 12 to 18 months and um, setting
1: up our regional cooperative and, and seeing where we go from here. Definitely.
0: Six times. I think, Barty. yeah it does. It definitely sounds it. I guess another one, just in case somebody's listening. Um, I think have as you just touched on, Kieran um, you came without the NHS experience. If there's someone that's obviously like yourself, comes from a very um heavy RPA background, but hasn't necessarily um even thought about RPA within the NHS. How would you describe that? kind of transition is it a big one is it um completely different environment how would you kind of describe that to someone who's maybe thinking about that
4: for me i've got to say it's a very different approach to to the way things to processes and the way things work i previously worked for an rpa company uh, in fact it's our rpa supplier that i worked for Um, so there's all within that company there's a lot more people who understand rpa there's less um, going out and having to explain what we do to the business people already know what we do. We, they know what we're about, and they can put projects forward to us, and usually have, you know, a good understanding. Uh, and we can take something from every project that's put forward to us within that industry. I think with the NHS, because it's still quite alien to a lot of people, um, and there's quite a lot of fear within the NH- NHS, I think, about AI yeah, because people are concerned for their jobs and they think the robots are going to come and take over. Uh, that's, that's that's not what we're looking to do at all. We're looking to make everyone's lives easier. And it's like, this, like we mentioned earlier, once we get into a department, they want us to do more. It's getting that first project in the department is the tricky part. Um, but once we do, you know, as a team, we deliver quite good solutions, whether it's included power apps or just an app, depending on what that solution's for. It's not just about RPA. It's about the right solution to fit the problem Um, and yeah, I think that's been the biggest challenge is getting the buy-in from the rest of the trust.
0: Yeah obviously just because you you don't know who's listening in terms of so I think that's really helpful. Thank you Kieran Um, and I guess my final question um, putting out to you all is obviously as you have said RPA is new within the NHS and obviously we work across a lot of different trusts and some haven't even moved into even thinking about the RPA what how would you best describe um the benefits the reasons why they should this is a good way to go in terms of obviously we've spoken about your success across alderhey and things like that but for a trust that's maybe thinking about it obviously as you said sometimes it can be hard to get the, the buy in side on board for it how how would you best sell that in a, in a in a way
4: i think the with rpa and and the nhs the one thing that i've noticed with the nhs is there's a lot of legacy systems as these legacy systems require a lot of um, manual administration to keep them up to date. Uh, they don't integrate well with other systems. Um, this, that's where RPA can really benefit. Um, you know, RPA can integrate with different systems in multiple different ways. And with the legacy systems not having the ability to integrate automatically or with any kind of developments, it's having RPA as a solution really does help. Um, you know, administration teams keep on top of the systems and that, that, like I say, that is just scratching the surface of what RPA can do, but it can deliver a lot of value within the NHS, uh, particularly, you know, the man-ladding teams that are around. Yeah. Um,
2: I, I think as well, similarly with uh, Power Apps, yeah. people, everybody that you ask will have an Excel spreadsheet yeah. that they click onto for dear life because that's where they hold all their information. And mm-hmm. um, because it's a simple solution, and um, we're finding that the power apps, people are coming to us saying we've got this Excel spreadsheet, we need to be able to report mm-hmm. on it, we need to be able to get some quality data out of it. So, you know, we can provide the solution mm-hmm. to that because the power apps lend well, really well to um, they are reporting, so we can produce mm-hmm. any data out of that. We can pull data, anything that we put in, we can pull data out of, which is where Jacob comes in with his, with his app mm-hmm. development, which then. We can also, as Karen said uh, earlier, yeah, if it needs to then go into something more fundamental on the system, we can then pull that in via RPI. So um I mean, every as I say, everyone has an Excel spreadsheet. It's it's like a standard joke <laughs> in the trust.
4: <laughs> I think that's common in most places yeah. as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But just to follow on from that as well, the apps can re- provide a really good user interface that's much easier to use than a lot of our legacy systems. So I think I'm quite excited about some of the things we're looking at. We're looking to develop apps that will feed into these systems and RPA will be the, the link between these apps and the systems. Uh, and, you know, we can deliver a lot of value there, particularly when you're talking to three or four different systems uh, for one process. If we can do it all through one user-friendly application you know, developed by Jacob, hopefully. Uh, (laughs) You know, it'll be much, it'll create a much user-friendly
3: solution and, you know, deliver a lot of value time back. Yeah, like like you said, while Excel is a bit more hammer to solve a lot of problems, but one of the things that people come up with a lot is, can you turn this access database, this Excel spreadsheet, uh, even these papers, into just, not only a way that's simpler to just go through, but also a way so that When we are done, it's not just on someone's like laptop drive, basically all the data. It is somewhere centralized in like a database or data warehouse that can then be used by other departments. BI um, is the key one, Uh, getting data visualizations and stuff so that basically everyone in the trust can, who needs to see the data is able to access it. Um, Yeah, it's just basically updating. It's not so much changing, it's just upgrading. And just streamlining a lot of what people already do rather than sticking to kind of all the ways. I mean, I still use Excel itself. I mean, it is it completely put out, but it seems to have been more of a, feel choose to use it more as a jack of all trades when it's really got more specific use. And Power Apps and RPA really the can pick up a lot of the problems that can show up when using exclusively Access or um, Excel itself.
1: Cool. Yeah, so, so I think if um, any trust out there are interested in RPA, um, the, the main benefits are that, you know, it's it can be used to support busy teams um, and reduce a lot of the administrative burden, not only for non-clinical staff, um, but for clinicians as well. Um, it can obviously also help with um, patient experience if we do things like the and um, but it's got a real potential because it can work Seven days a week, twenty-four hours a day, um, and improve accuracy as well. You know, got human error with people, um, but it can really um,
0: support um, the workforce's interests. Amazing! Thank you so much for that insight. Um, I think it's um a great opportunity, and as as you've gone through and sold the benefits, I think it's it's definitely um, the way forward across the NHS one hundred percent. Um, but no, I just want to say thank you and just check if there's anything else anybody wanted to add. Obviously, we've covered all our questions and everything like that. So I just want to do last minute check-in, see if there was anything else um, anybody wanted to add into the podcast.
2: If there's anybody out there that was interested in RPA or Power Apps or automation, check out our Alderhey Innovation website and get in touch with us. We're always happy to talk to people who are interested.
0: Absolutely. Amazing stuff. Well, thank you very, very much. Um, I really, really appreciate you taking the time and talking about everything that you've got going on. Um, as you said, you've got the um, awards and everything, so it's good to get get your voices out there and just um, show everybody is what it is that you're doing as well. So I just want to say thank you again for taking the time. Um, it's been really lovely um, talking to you all um, about RPA as well.